Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The attacks in Israel continue. While there's a push and a desire from President Joe Biden for a ceasefire, that does not stop Hamas from continuing more rocket fire, nor does it stop the Israeli Defense Forces from continuing to move in a way to continue to protect the people, putting out on Twitter, Jews, Muslims, Christians, Druze. Over the last 11 days, Hamas has fired rockets indiscriminately indiscriminately at all Israeli citizens. In response, we have been precisely targeting the source of terrorism in Gaza, and we will continue to do so. That source, of course, is Hamas, Hamas, a terrorist organization sponsored by Iran. We know this to be fact. Unfortunately, there are far too many American politicians who don't seem to want to know what the reality is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Major Jerome Spielman is an IDF spokesman uh, to uh, the foreign press. He has been a part of the Second Intifada, the Second Lebanon War, CAS lead operation in the Gaza Strip, and a series of other excursions, uh, deployments, and exercises. He joins us now uh, from Israel. Sir, I appreciate you taking the time speaking to us uh, about the latest that's going on, uh, responses from the Israeli Defense Forces. Let us start with the latest, the latest attacks today and casualties. Absolutely, Tony, and thank you for having me. Uh, there's been an incessant barrage of attacks today. Um, I just got back from Ashkelon, which uh, for your listeners, Ashkelon is a beautiful city. Imagine Indianapolis. It's a beautiful city. The only difference is four miles away from the edge of that city lies the Gaza Strip. It would kind of be like uh, Indianapolis being four miles away from Tehran. Um, and a beautiful city with high-rise buildings. I was there inside a home, which had just sustained a direct rocket attack, uh, hit a direct hit. The the woman, the mother of the family, and her her son who was there, they decided to go into their protective shelter when they heard the sirens. They only had about 20 seconds. The entire home incinerated around them. And uh, it was just a miracle that they weren't injured. And so Hamas is continuing with this barrage. They're just firing off into the air, hoping that those rockets will kill Israelis. Uh, as you mentioned, they've, they've killed Israelis, Jewish Israelis. They killed Arab Israelis. They killed yesterday two Thai workers uh, whose families had to be notified in a, you know, overseas. And ironically, Tony, you, you know, one out of every five of those rockets lands back in Gaza, and there's Children in Gaza, 16 children in Gaza were killed over the course of two hours from their own rockets. We should take a second to to engage that and, and the way you describe that. A difference between Palestinians, people living in Gaza, and Hamas, the terrorist organization. There's Absolutely. a difference between the two. Exactly. The, the, the people living in Gaza, the Palestinian people living in Gaza, uh, Hamas was kind of thrust upon them. Uh, Hamas came in, in a brutal takeover uh, a number not that many years ago, uh, just over a decade ago. They took the previous regime, which was the Palestinian Authority, and literally threw their leadership off the roofs of the buildings in Gaza and uh, took over. 
And the people in Gaza, you know, they don't they don't have a voice, so it's difficult to know them because there's no dissent against Hamas in Gaza. So, you know, it's not a good policy, a life insurance policy to to complain against Gaza. And you know, for years, Gazan people worked in Israel. Israelis lived in Gaza. They worked together. And Israel has no beef with the people of Gaza. We we would love the, the quality of life of the people in Gaza to improve. But just to put this in, in proportion, uh, today I tried bringing uh, someone to the Erez crossing. It's, a, it's the humanitarian aid crossing. And I couldn't get in. Why couldn't I get in with this person? It was a reporter. Because Hamas has been bombing their own humanitarian aid crossing for the last seven days. So we couldn't go in. The people of Gaza are hungry. Talking to Major Jerome Spielman, spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces. One of the hits uh, that IDF has been taking, at least in some levels of American press and certainly from uh, the the punditry class, is that there was a building that was taken out that was housing uh, Hamas and, and, and headquarters, but also housed the Associated Press and some other other journalist types. We know that warning was given. How has IDF... IDF responded to those people, whether it be in the United States or other places, saying, you're taking out, you're going after journalists. How could you? You know, the best that we've been able to do is uh, we've asked questions back such as, as well, again, uh, the journalists are not to blame, but it is somewhat bizarre that it's not only a Hamas target. We have to understand that this building that uh, AP and Al Jazeera and housed Hamas's research and develop, advanced research and development wing, which is another way of saying that is where they were producing the means to kill Israeli people. And it was a primary target. And, you know, we did warn everybody and they did. Nobody was hurt in the explosion. But uh, the press for a long time asked us to provide proof. There is obviously an intel uh, element to this proof, so we couldn't share it publicly, but we shared it with the United States government and they accepted it. But, um, Again, the, the the conversation I do think needs to be turned around and said, what, why were I mean, you were riding the elevators with these people for years? I mean, you never kind of figured out maybe it wasn't a good place to be. And uh, I haven't had any real answers to that. The only thing I can say is there are former workers for these agencies that after they left the agencies very publicly stated that they witnessed firings of rockets right next to their agencies over the course of previous operations they never reported on it because they knew if they reported on it they would probably wouldn't leave gaza alive they would leave gaza in a box and and, and that's the story of gaza you know it's not freedom of the press it's not freedom of of expression it's the dark ages so this leads us to conversations of a ceasefire. Uh, we spoke with Daniel Ashman, uh, Ashheim yesterday from the uh, uh, Consul General's uh, office uh, to the Midwest uh, here in, in the U.S., uh, based in Chicago. We've heard that President Biden has been asking for a ceasefire, that Prime Minister Benjamin, Benjamin Netanyahu has been kind of hedging uh, on that. And then, of course, the reporting uh, today from Times of Israel that Benjamin Netanyahu has convened the security cabinet uh, amid the reports of a looming ceasefire. Are we about to see a ceasefire uh, regarding Hamas? And is Hamas going to agree to such a thing? I mean, that is the big question. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out there right now. And, and from a military perspective, perspective, I can only tell you how we're posturing right now. We are 
acting as if there is no ceasefire whatsoever. I mean, we, the Army, has hit many, many targets over the last 24 hours. We shifted our operations from the area of that underground terror city that Hamas built with international funding, which has been called the Metro, because it looks kind of like an underground subway metro system, but instead of you know transporting civilians, it transports uh, terrorism. And we moved, shifted our operations to the southern area of the Gaza Strip, which is where they have their missile silos, uh, their storage facilities. We've had enormous numbers of operations and success over the last 24 hours. And just understand what this means. I mean, Hamas, we've taken out a lot of their manufacturing. We took out most of their underground city. But the actual rockets, they spread these things all under Gaza. Every one of them is inside a home. So last night, we took out rockets that were, and I'm not exaggerating, inside the cupboard, inside a home. Not only any home, and so one of the homes was the former justice minister of Hamas. In his cupboard, he's got the rockets. So, again, you notify the families, you call them, you wake them up, you look at them, you watch them leave, and then you take out the rocket and you look for a secondary explosion. That is how painstaking it is because Hamas put everything near civilians. Um, so we're moving forward with all of our targets, and as long as we don't receive a red light, and we're continually able to do that. We, we're, we're moving forward with the mission of crippling Hamas's infrastructure. I and take and a, that is really, that's what our focus is right now. I want to take a second to talk about stop. this idea of rockets. Very often we'll see the American press talk about rockets being launched into Israel. But rockets will make you think of the rockets' red glare. It's almost a Independence Day, 4th of July, uh, almost in the ether. Could you discuss what the military capacity of Hamas is, their firepower, and, and the f- sophistication of their weapons? Sure. Hamas began this conflict with around 12,000 plus or minus rockets. Uh, The payload on a rocket, to put it in normal civilian terms, if that rocket lands near a home, the entire home is incinerated and and everyone in that home is killed. I mean, that, that, that is what a rocket means. It's not a firework. And that is not even one of the stronger rockets. The direction capability in the rockets is not fantastic. Um, of those 12,000, they have a few hundred rockets that are able to hit Jerusalem. If we go back in time, 11 days ago, uh, they did fire rockets at Jerusalem. Again, my own children were in Jerusalem on that very day. My own kids, this is before I was called up in the Army, my own kids had to take shelter. You know, imagine a bunch of kids were out, and all of a sudden sirens, you know, start ringing, and they had to, you know, they had to take uh, shelter. And so a a few hundred are able to hit Jerusalem uh, and other far reaches of the country, hit Tel Aviv. Um, It's it's homemade with Iranian technology and funding. These are incredibly deadly. If one of them lands, a family is destroyed. And the only reason why this has not become, I mean, 12 people dying in Israel is, is horrible, but a catastrophic incident of thousands of people dying is because while Hamas has been investing in terror infrastructure, we've been investing in the Iron Dome missile defense system. So, you know, we've been doing everything we can, and it's been successful. It's managed to neutralize around 90% of those rockets. Talking to Major Daron Spielman, a spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, we had started this part of the conversation about ceasefire. And so uh, I took from your statement that we shouldn't hold our breath on ceasefire, but anything and everything is still possible. That's for sure. That is for sure. And this could go on and on and on. 
or we could get you know some type of notification soon. Certainly, we have our targets. What has changed? Hamas, according to much of our intel, Hamas thought they'd shoot a few rockets, and uh, that would be it. And and Israel maybe wouldn't respond. Not only have we responded, but everything that they've tried has failed. They tried from the sea in a submersive vehicle. We neutralized the vehicle and the combatants. They tried via their tunnels. We took out their tunnel system. They tried via the land. You know, we we have detected and taken out numerous of their operations from the land. And um, they received the response, I, even more than the military response, the people of Israel are united. And I've been up and down Israel along the Gaza border for days. Every person I have met in the South has said to me, we have one wish. None of them say to me that we, the rocket should stop falling. That's obvious. They all say to me that the IDF finishes this mission and reduces their enormously reduces or eliminates their ability to do this again and restores peace to this area. People of Israel are very, very strong. And yet the people of the United States are seem to be in a very, very weird spot. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of supporters of Israel, but we've seen demonstrations in New York City. We've seen demonstrations in Los Angeles. We've seen demonstrations in Indianapolis, Indiana, where they say free Palestine and they they quote from the river to the sea, Palestine uh, will will be free. Uh, as you see that, as the IDF sees it, as Israelis see it, when you see that happening in the United States, what is the take on those kinds of demonstrations? Look, uh, it's it's very, very sad um, uh, to Israelis, and we do love the United States. The United States is our greatest ally. I will say this. I think this is reflective of something. You know, Israelis, we have a plenty of internal problems in our country, but we do know our story. Israelis know our story. We know that we are people that have been around for 4,000 years. We know that we've survived a great deal and that we want to keep surviving and that we're not going to give in to tyranny and that we're not going to allow another Holocaust to happen. And when the common discussions, when we see this lack of support from certain sectors, it's just seems to be people who don't know their own story. I don't think that they know the American story because the American story and the Israeli story are actually similar, built upon similar ideals, uh, similar ideals that uh, are, some of them are rooted in history, some are rooted in the Bible, they're rooted in freedom, and they're rooted in pride. And it's, um, it's disheartening, but we understand the moral sanctification uh, of what we are doing. And it's just hard for me to believe when, do they not realize that Hamas shot 4,000 rockets as? I mean, we didn't start this. And do they not realize that we notify all these families to leave their homes, knowing that when we do that, the terrorists are going to get away? Well, allow me to add on to that for a second, sir, because it's not just the demonstrations that don't realize. There are elected officials, Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman Michigan, Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman Minnesota, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Representative Andre Carson of Indianapolis. Uh, They all, you had Representative Ocasio-Cortez wanting to block the arms deal between the United States and Israel, $730-some-odd million uh, worth of deal, who pushed the the idea of Israel as apartheid state and help move along these narratives. Is there a specific response from IDF or from the Israeli people towards elected officials in the United States who are also adding to this lack of knowledge of the situation? Well, I, the, the response is that what actually is the result of this misguided 
uh, viewpoint and it's kind of ignoring the facts, the result is not, of course it hurts Israel, but who does it really hurt? It hurts the people of Gaza. I mean, if you really care about the people of Gaza, then you have to stop moving forward with the same shenanigans and buying the deception that Hamas is peddling to the world that they are the victim. Because it just it just causes the entire misery of the Gazan people to continue. Only when these certain leaders and in international organizations and countries that have given billions of dollars to Hamas, only when they point the finger at Hamas and demand from them that they actually take care of the Gazan people, will the Gazan people actually have a future? As long as people ignore this and point the finger at Israel, which is the only democracy in the Middle East, actually the only group of people that seem to actually care about the lives of the Gazan people by trying to minimize their fatalities in the, in, during the course of war, as long as that continues, the people who will suffer most are the Gazan people. And I think that's the main issue. Major Jerome Spielman. From the Israeli Defense Forces spokesman there to the foreign press, I appreciate you taking the time. Stay safe, stay well, stay healthy, and let us talk again soon. Thank you so much, Tony, and to all of your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.